0: Welcome to the Afternoon Show. I'm Bill Arnold, your host. I will be with you uh, for the next full hour, according to my uh, contract. And I've got a great uh, guest. My, uh, I'm calling him my friend now because he's been on the show enough times that he now qualifies as my friend. He is uh, Ken Samples. He is a philosopher and a theologian. And he has a great passion for just helping people not only understand the reasonableness and relevance of the Christianity's truth claims... He's a senior research scholar at Reasons to Believe and the author of several books, including Classic Christian Thinkers, Seven Truths That Changed the World, and God Among Sages. Ken, welcome. Hey, Bill. It's good to be with you. I'm looking forward to this discussion today. And the subject that I want to let listeners know right up front is this, uh, was it a Newsweek story that said, most Americans deny Jesus as God.
1: Yes, it was, uh, I think it's a couple years old, and um, uh, Newsweek picked it up. I think that uh, Legionnaire Ministry had a similar uh, study done, but one of the alarming elements was that 52% of Americans think that Jesus is not God, but merely a good moral teacher. Mm -hmm. Well, if you look at what uh,
0: the, the Muslim faith believes and the Hindu faith believes there's just a tremendous amount of religious people out there that do not uh, recognize the deity of Jesus.
1: I think that's right on target and in, in fact uh, in a couple of my books I've talked about what I call uh, the man or woman on the street religion and oftentimes it's somebody who says look I'm not as uh, good as Mother Teresa but I'm not as bad as Adolf Hitler Uh, maybe God's going to throw me a curve, and maybe I'll do okay in the afterlife. And so we have many religions that have differing ideas. Some of them are about grace, and some of them are about the identity of Jesus. It seems uh,
0: so—to think that you're going to get into the celestial courts, and I don't know how you're going to argue your case uh, that you weren't as bad as Hitler or as good as Mother Teresa— and what are they going to do, run, run it through the computer and go, oh, you're four points short? I mean, doesn't that just seem like a, a cosmic bad joke?
1: Well, I can tell you that I have talked with many people, uh, and, you know, sometimes I think even people who belong to Christian churches or are part of Christendom, they tend to think this way. They tend to think that, uh, j- just by the way, as you mentioned, just as Muslims think that paradise is a reward, so uh, eternal punishment, that's an earned reward as well. And uh, it's, it is it uh, is painful, I think, to hear people say that. And of course, uh, what I think is really important about this is you know, it's because Jesus is God and man that he can reconcile God and man. It's, it's because Jesus is God taking a human nature that he can lead us to the Father. And so, you know, doctrine really is very important. Uh, that doesn't mean lifestyle and commitment isn't also very important, but I think uh, our American churches have some work to do when it comes to teaching Christian doctrine. Mm-hmm.
0: Ken, wouldn't you say that most people want to be understood based on the information they reveal about themselves? I mean, if I came up to you and said, hey, Ken, I, I hear you play the French horn. And you go, no, no, I don't. Who told you that? You know, you'd go, that's crazy, because I don't play the French horn. But I go, why? I guess I heard somebody say something, and I thought, well, I'll just assign that. That's something you do.
1: I think people... Uh think in very personal terms that way, Bill, I think that uh, I definitely think that. And again, what I think is interesting about this uh, this poll, you know, this survey is that uh, maybe we haven't asked enough the question of what did Jesus think of himself? I mean, I have a view of him. You have a view of him. And apparently 52 percent of Americans have a very different view But who did Jesus think he was? I think that's the most critical question.
0: And that's what we base our understanding on, is how Jesus revealed himself to us. And if I'm going to get to know you personally, I'm going to want to get to know based on what you tell me about yourself, not what I've heard about you, whether or not it's
1: true. That's right on the money. Uh, There isn't anything more important when it comes to Jesus than what was his view, what was his opinion, who did he think he was. His, self, his self-awareness, his self-consciousness is, is, is critical in this question, yeah.
0: Let's uh, talk about uh, this. Uh, the time when the disciples would, would say, you know, he would say to the disciples, who, who do you say I am? Yeah. I mean, this was, uh, and then you go back even to John the Baptist, uh, days or weeks before he was beheaded, he was sending out to ask Jesus, you know, was he, is he the one?
1: Yeah, that, that is such an important point, Bill, because what you do have is Jesus is very interested in his followers coming to understand who he is. You know, who do the people say the Son of Man is? Who do you say I am? And of course, even that, even that term, Son of Man, as a title, uh, it actually in the Old Testament is a divine title. Uh, Son of Man was one of Jesus's favorite designations of himself. And in the Old Testament, it applies to Yahweh. But you're exactly right. Matthew 16, various other places, Jesus is is guiding people through uh, what we might say, you know, who, what is the best explanation of who this man is? So yeah, that's exactly, I think, what we should be doing. Uh, we should be letting people know that a fair uh, uh, and reflective read of the New Testament indicates that Jesus saw himself as both God and man, and that's what we need to believe about him.
0: Mm -hmm. And safe to say that it took some work
1: to convince the Twelve who he was? I think so, because uh, in, in some respects, Jesus is a little different than, I think, the you know, what the first century Jewish messianic expectations were. Uh, You know, I think we see this playing out in the Gospels where they think, well, the Messiah is going to come. He's going to break the hold that Rome has on Israel. Uh, And and yet Jesus comes in a way as a uh, as a Nazarene, uh, as a from Galilee, Mm -hmm. uh, a a person who is humble. And uh, so in some respects, his messianic um, expectations are a little different. And so he does. He teaches his disciples.
0: When I think of, you know, this group of of men, you know, gathered around a campfire some night, and, you know, basically Jesus saying, you know, this God that we've grown up to worship and to learn about and to study, uh, I'm him. Be kind of a tough sell, wouldn't it? It
1: it it is it is hard it it is hard to get your mind around. But you know, when you think about it, I mean, if you think about uh, if you think about traditional Judaism, if you think about Islam, um, essentially you have Moses the prophet, and then in Islam you have Muhammad the prophet, and they come and say, "Well, the God over my shoulder, He has sent me to tell you about Himself." But in historic Christianity, uh, God comes in the first person. God comes Mm -hmm. himself. Uh, And I I think that that is so important, uh, not only in terms of God is revealing himself in very direct terms, but I also think uh, it's incredibly important to realize that, you know, God thought we were so valuable, he would come looking for us. And we know what God's like when you read the Gospels and you encounter this incredible person, this one-of-a-kind person, Jesus Christ, uh, to look into his eyes, to look into his life and, and his uh, His beliefs and his values is to see God himself. So, Ken, when Jesus says, who do you say I
0: am, have we lost sight of... Both the understanding and the importance of what Jesus is asking,
1: I I think so. Uh, in fact, I think you could probably take Matthew 16 and 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 ask it today. You know, uh, who do the world's religions think I am? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who who does the person, the man and woman on the street, think I am? Then Jesus might reorient and say, "But but who do you think I am?" And uh, you know. Th- that's again, I'm not trying to be a doctrinal Nazi where I go around correcting everybody all the time, but I am saying that, uh, what Jesus accomplishes on the cross, what he does for you and for me is deeply dependent upon his personal identity because he is both God and man, a single person with both the divine and human nature. He can reconcile God and man, uh, you know and and it means that God doesn't God doesn't allow anybody else to suffer in redeeming us uh God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit do the whole thing the father sends the Son into the world the world the son accomplishes salvation and then the Spirit applies it to us and so it's very important to think of uh, to think of what Jesus did on the cross in light of who his identity was.
0: Yeah. Ex- extravagant gift of uh, that he's given us. Let me take a little break, Ken. And we'll come back. I want to ask you about uh, how important and correctly is understanding Jesus as it applies to the significance of salvation. Uh, that's all coming up next with uh, Professor Ken Samples. We'll be right back. Let me know if you got a question or something else you want to add to the conversation. 877-933-2484. Text away. I'm back with Ken Samples. He's a philosopher and theologian. We're talking about today that most Americans deny Jesus as God, and an alarming um, piece of information that we as believers uh, can stand in the uh, stand up for the truth and let people know that Jesus is God. But the importance of understanding Jesus correctly is pretty significant to our salvation, isn't it, Ken?
1: Very much so! Uh, I mean, let's uh, let's talk just a little bit about what Scripture says. Um, in 1 John, for example, John says, uh, you know, be very discerning, because many false prophets have gone out, you know, not, not every spirit, don't believe every spirit, is what John says. And then in various places, including the Gospels, we hear that there are false gods, false Christs, false Gospels, And so, again, what I think is so enriching, what is so attractive about historic Christianity, it is the idea that God does so love the world that He sent His Son, and His Son is uh, not a mere prophet. Now, Jesus is prophet, priest, and king, but um, Jesus is the Son of God. He's equal with the Father, and to me, it's wonderful, Bill, because. You know there are times in our lives where we go through difficult times, we go through suffering, maybe we have problems on the job or maybe we have family problems or whatever it may be to know that God took a took human flesh, that God walked the earth uh, now jesus didn 't have the sin problem that you and I have, but Jesus knew what it was like to go to work in the morning. Jesus had family problems i mean. Mary and some of his siblings seem to think maybe maybe he's lost control of it. We need to take control of him. I I find one of the most satisfying elements of my faith is knowing that Jesus is God, and he has taken a human nature, and so he really can empathize and sympathize with me. I have a high priest. I mean, you know, when you you've gone through a tough time, maybe it's abuse or— uh, maybe maybe you've been a victim of violent crime. Being able to talk to somebody who knows how you feel, well, I think this is the great message of, of Christianity, that uh, that Savior of ours, that the person that we call our Lord and Savior, He is God and uh, equal with the Father and the Holy Spirit. To me, that I just find that so attractive.
0: As do I. Um, it is critical that we understand exactly what jesus said in scripture when he said i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but by me Um, we have to pay attention and say okay there is one way one path there is one way to uh, be reconciled to the father and that is jesus so i can see there's a, a case for a lot of americans not wanting to buy into that because they have uh, they have their own bias against God for whatever reason. Just like you said, you've got a tough family situation, work situation. Maybe you've had a tragedy in your life, and uh, there's something that happened that was so bad. You say, "Well, how could God have allowed that? I can't believe in that God."
1: Yeah, I I um, I, I think what's critical in all of this is that. Not only did the survey say that 52% of Americans didn't think Jesus was God, but they they thought Billy was only a, a great moral teacher. But, you know, as C.S. Lewis said in his book, Mere Christianity, I mean, if Jesus thinks he's God, if Jesus goes around saying he's the I Am, and in John 8:58, Jesus has a very terse, challenging discussion with some of the religious leaders of the time about his identity, they become exasperated with him and they say, who are, you, who are you claiming to be? And finally he says, before Abraham came into being, I am. Verse 59 of John 8, they pick up stones to stone him because in the book of Isaiah, uh, we're told numerous times from chapters 42 to 48, one of Yahweh's pet names for himself is I am or I am he. Jesus was taking the most sacred name of God in the Old Testament and applying it to himself. So if Jesus claims to be God, and he's not, then he's not a great moral teacher. He is either mentally deceived or Mm -hmm. he is lying. So it's not only just that a lot of americans are have not uh, had some good bible study i i don't i don't think they realize that's not a option that jesus left open to us mm-hmm. because of his personal claims mm-hmm. ken what about
0: being out in the world this is a question from a listener uh... you know even when you're up against false teaching the question is you know how do you rest in the knowledge that christ has revealed to you while engaging in the christian community where there may be wrong teaching from time to time there's plenty of that out there
1: well there really is and i i think i think we live at a time where uh you know doctrine is not placed on a high level and uh you know there are sometimes people who will come along and say you know you don't want to emphasize doctrine you want to emphasize lifestyle uh well i'm all for Uh, people being deeply committed, living their lives as authentically as they can. Um, But, Bill, we live at a time where uh, we don't talk a lot about uh, biblical teaching. We don't talk about Christian doctrine. So the doctrine of the Trinity, the doctrine of the Incarnation, the doctrine of the Atonement, um, you know, we have lots of television programs where people talk about Christianity. But, as one great historian said, Yaroslav Pelikan, he says the church is always more than a school, but it can never be less than a school. We we need to educate, and and uh, you know when you when you recognize that Jesus is both God and man, uh, I think that'll give you even greater motivation to want to live a life that is faithful to Him.
0: Mm-hmm. So if this shifting belief out there that says most Americans deny Jesus as God, if that's what's going on in the psyche of uh, most Americans, um, how does that impact our ability to share the gospel and, and, and be differenti- differentiating Christ um, apart
1: from other religious figures? Uh, I, think, I think not having a clear uh, understanding as to who Jesus is greatly negatively affects our, our evangelism uh, and our witness. I mean, there are a lot of different Jesuses. I mean, the Jehovah's Witnesses that knock at your door, they have a different Jesus. He's Michael the Archangel. Mm-hmm. The, God, the Father, uh, Yahweh, created Jesus. So Jesus is a creature. Uh, the Mormons have a different Jesus. Uh, the Muslims have a different Jesus. Uh and and so I think uh, I think if you want to be able to talk to people about the truths of Christianity, then focusing in on Jesus's identity and what He has done, and recognizing and appreciating that there are a lot of other views, and we need to be able to be very discerning. Mm-hmm. When some of these other uh,
0: people are seeking God and seeking God fervently, and they're 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 growing up. In a Mormon household or a Muslim household, are they simply relying on really, really bad information? Is the Holy Spirit not breaking through occasionally with some of these people seeking God?
1: Well, I, I would say this, Bill. I would say that the primary way that uh, that God reaches out to people is through the Great Commission go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, uh, we aren't always as faithful to that calling as we should be, and God is enormously grace-oriented. Uh, for example, I know some former Muslims who have had dreams about Jesus. that they, they were living in kind of a, uh, a country, a culture, where there wasn't a church on the corner, Bibles weren't easy to, to, uh, to get, and... Uh, and they say in their testimony that they had a dream about Christ. I think another element in all of that, Bill, is, you know, you know, I wrote a book, God Among Sages. I talk about, I compare Jesus with Krishna, Buddha, Confucius, and Muhammad. Well, 50 years ago, if I wanted to talk with a Hindu, a Buddhist, or a Muslim, I'd have to go overseas. But now, in the Western world, uh, I mean, from where I work, it isn't very far to a Hindu temple, to a mosque. Good point. Uh, we we live at a time in which there is great opportunity to reach many different people with the message about uh, Jesus and who he was and what he did.
0: Mm-hmm. And that should excite all of us. That should be like, this is an incredible opportunity right in our own backyard.
1: And I, I can't tell you, Bill, how... Uh, how what a blessing it is to be able to talk to people about your faith i mean I, I there are times somebody will read one of my books and send me a message and say wow that really helped me and i i feel so encouraged i mean to be able to to talk about our faith but but to be able to talk intelligently and and thoughtfully about our faith we need we need to prepare ourselves we, we need to know our Bible, mm-hmm. uh, we need, and it's good to know something about the alternatives that are out there that yeah. are vying for attention.
0: Yeah, we'll take a little break. When we come back, lots more with philosopher and theologian Ken Samples. Let me know if you've got questions you'd like to uh, ask Ken. That number is 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. To have Ken Samples on my show is a philosopher and theologian. We're talking about most Americans deny Jesus as God. That's getting to be increasingly uh, more obvious uh, as you have uh, people with such hostility towards the gospel and towards anything spiritual. Uh, Ken, I've got a, a listener that's asked this question. Um, she's basically saying, I doubt I'll ever understand God perfectly from a doctrinal standpoint and that keeps uh, her from resting in him so is there a way that she can feel more confident um apart from her feelings so maybe the verse i would like to connect this to is romans 8:16 that says the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are god's children
1: yeah that's that's a wonderful verse i mean um I think, again, that's one of the most appealing aspects of our faith, is that even though we are sinners, even though we've broken the commandments, that we have been adopted into the family. I mean, that's that's one more metaphor of salvation. We can talk about a courtroom and justification, or we can talk about, you know, penal substitution on the cross. But the Apostle Paul also mentions adoption. We've been adopted into the family of God. The Father, Son, and Spirit—they are all eternal. Uh, They—the Father is the lover, the Son is the beloved, the Spirit is the love they share. The Trinity is is an analogy. We can think of the Trinity as uh, like uh, a, a loving family. Uh, and I, I would say this uh, to your to your uh, caller and listener, uh, Bill, that you know we're finite, and God is infinite. Uh, he is eternal and we're temporal. And so everything that we know about God is uh, going to be somewhat mysterious. I'm never going to understand the Father as the Father understands, you know, as the Father, Son, and Spirit understand themselves. But that doesn't mean I can't know. And, and again, that's why it's so important to recognize Jesus's divinity, because it means that uh, God didn't hide away in heaven. He's come to earth. Uh, Earth is the visited planet. Uh, God has come in person. He he didn't send an angel. He didn't send some other creature to do the dirty work. Uh, God's own Son came. And uh, therefore, when you read Scripture uh, and you encounter that that remarkable person, that one-of-a-kind person, Jesus Christ, you can relate to him, and as you relate to him, you relate to both the Father and the Spirit. Mm. Uh, so we're all uh, we're all in that boat. We're all all of us recognize mystery and limitations, but you don't have to know everything about God to have a personal relationship with God.
0: I agree and I love that verse Ken so I appreciate you uh, yep. talking about that, that that the spirit testifies with our spirit I feel like I know because I know because I know I belong to God He
1: speaks our language he he speak the spirit speaks to us and communicates that we're adopted into the family and uh uh again uh I think Now, again, a lot of times people think, oh, doctrine, Trinity, incarnation, atonement, resurrection, all of these very challenging, difficult doctrines. But I actually think, Bill, that the more you start to explore them and come to appreciate them, the more in love with God you are. Because again, uh, when the witnesses knock at my door, I say, so now you you believe Jehovah, Created Jesus and sent Jesus into the world. So, this Jesus who is an angel, he's doing all the work. Uh, but in my faith, God doesn't demand uh, anybody else to do the work of salvation. He does it all because He is God in human flesh. So, I think I actually think that doctrine can help us to have a greater commitment and and a greater sense of God's love for us.
0: Mm-hmm. But if you're feeling like you have trouble resting in him, is there a remedy that you can inc- encourage?
1: Well, I I in in my mind, I I think to recognize that uh I think to recognize two things, maybe first and foremost, that God is love. Um uh, first John four eight, God is love. Um and that 's so very different than the other religions of the world, uh, you know in Judaism and in Islam, you have a single solitary God, well, who does he love before he creates angels and human beings, but not so with the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Spirit, they love each other throughout eternity and they create not in order to to get love I mean if God's a single solitary person, then I guess he has to create to fulfill himself, but not so with the Trinity. Uh, the Trinity is love in himself. And I think when we recognize that God is love and he has shown us his love by sending his son to die on our behalf, if that's not a sign of God's love, I don't know what is. And, and I, again, I think to recognize that uh, uh, he sent his spirit, and uh, God has given us his two greatest gifts. The Father has given us his His right hand and his left hand. That's what the Church Father Irenaeus said. The right hand is his Son, the left hand is his Spirit, and he has sent those into the world uh, for us. So I like to tell people who are sometimes kind of turned off to doctrine that the more you know about Christian teaching and Christian doctrine— uh, I think the more you'll know that that God loves you and uh and he will he will never let you go and that's uh you know when you're in a pandemic and you got financial problems and uh your four oh one k is sideways, and maybe your children have fallen away from the faith uh you have all kinds of issues. Uh, to know that God loves you, and that Christ has come into the world to save you, and that you're filled with God's Spirit, um, I think there's nothing like agape, oh, that's... Where, where, where God loves us, and he doesn't He doesn't ask for anything back.
0: Yeah, that's power and victory right there, Ken.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I want to go back, uh, you know, when we talk about Americans denying Jesus as God, and there's certainly a lot of uh, faiths out there, representative uh, in our our country, that are denying Jesus as God, and I'd like to go back to a couple of these belief systems that that em- that really employ Jesus in their system, but but not in the historical sense.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I we can pick up a number of them. Um, what's very interesting, Bill, is that uh, in Islam. Uh, Islam has some very positive things to say about Jesus. Uh, they call him Isa in the Quran. He's called Isa. They say that he was born of a virgin. They say that he lived a holy life, that he was a miracle worker. But there's one fundamental thing that he was not, according to Islamic theology. He was not God. Mm-hmm. He did, And he didn't die on the cross. Wow. Uh, so... I think what we recognize is that there are many people that can say some pretty positive things about Jesus, but uh, again, I think it's it's critical to recognize both his his identity as well as what he does, and and we can look in we can look in other areas. It seems Bill that everybody has an opinion about Jesus. He is he is he is the most consequential figure in the history of the world. We either date things before he came or after he came. And therefore, everybody has a perspective on him, every religion. I'm sure even your atheist, agnostic, skeptical friends have opinions about him. But again, we're back to something we said very early in the program. But what did Jesus think about himself? I mean, I mean, imagine, imagine somebody saying, I and the Father we are one. I mean, imagine Jesus going around forgiving sins, and they ask him, well, who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus forgives sins. Uh, who is Who can judge the dead but God alone? Jesus says he's going to judge the dead. He says he hears and answers prayer. He can raise the dead. It's not just that Jesus makes claims and uses titles. He does all that. But it seems like he he has the prerogatives of deity. And this is the way I kind of break it down when I talk with Jehovah's Witnesses or others who deny the deity of Christ. I say it seems like there are certain things that only God can do. But interestingly enough, Jesus does the very things that only God can do. Therefore, Jesus is God.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting.
1: You know, when I think of John
0: 1.12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To me, if I can answer those questions, did I receive him? Yes. Um, Did I believe in his name? Absolutely. Well, he's given me the right to become children of God. I've been adopted into his family. I belong
1: to him. Isn't that all the confidence I need? That is, again, such a... Such, a, such an important thing. I mean, we live in a world where we have original sin, people are broken, they're wounded, they're scarred. Uh, sometimes even the best parents are never perfect parents. You know, there are times where we wonder, where do I stand with my father? Where do I stand with my wife? Uh, but what scripture tells us is that God has come into the world and he has come looking for us and we have been adopted into the family of God, and we are children of God. We belong to Him. Uh, You know, our earthly fathers and mothers, uh, they're imperfect, but there will be a time, according to the book of Revelation, that we will stand before a perfectly loving, an infinitely, eternally loving, holy, righteous, powerful God, and... uh, we're in right relationship with him. Um, You know, uh, that—St. Augustine said that, uh, you know, God is more of a friend than any friend you've ever had. He's more a brother than any brother you've had. He's more of a lover than any lover you have had. I think that we are made to know, to seek, to worship God. Sometimes we try to pick up alternatives to fill that gap, but it doesn't work. doesn't work for you or me, it doesn't work for celebrities, it doesn't work for the athlete, you know, the famous people. Um, as King David said, uh, we're made for God, and, uh, and our hearts yearn for Him. And that that person who comes into the world is, is not merely a human being, not an angel, but he is a single person who has both a divine and human nature. And think of that. God has taken a human nature, therefore being human is a good thing. Humanity is not a bad thing. We we are made in God's image. That's another element. Why did God make us in his image? My answer would be because he always planned to become one of us.
0: Mm. Wow. That's strong. So... Is Do you think hope is wired into our DNA, that God has wired us to have hope?
1: Absolutely, uh, Bill. I, You know, there are things we can't live without. I mean, we can go a little while without food, under good conditions, mm-hmm. maybe a month or so. Can't go very long without water, can't go very long without oxygen. But look at how many people during the pandemic have lost hope, where despair has over, overcome them. hmm I think humans are a species that must have meaning, purpose, and hope. Uh and Jesus came into the world and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, only Jesus, not Krishna, Buddha, Confucius, or Muhammad, only Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That that's another merit- metaphor. Think of us as burdened and worried. And what God can do is give us peace. He can give us rest. I assure you, Buddha never said that. Krishna never said that. Uh, Muhammad never said that. Jesus is the the great physician. He's the one. and, And you know what? Every time he appears to his apostles after the crucifixion and resurrection, he always begins with, Peace be with you. The Greek, irene umin, peace be with you. To know Jesus is to know peace, even during difficult, even during a pandemic, even with cancer, mm-hmm. even with financial problems. There is there is peace to know the Lord Jesus. Ken, in, in uh,
0: John 14, Jesus says, peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I don't give it as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. I always loved that part of the verse that says, you know, where he says, it's my own peace I give you. It's like, what? you've got like a secret stash of peace you're giving me? This is exciting. Because <laughs> the stuff the world offers doesn't, doesn't give you that sense of, of contentment and calm. It's only what comes from him where you feel content and calm.
1: That's right. I mean, I think it was Corrie Ten Boom, the, the lady that uh, tried to rescue Jews during the Holocaust and was actually put into a concentration camp. I think it was Corrie Ten Boom that said, when you look at the world, or if you look within your own heart, you, you're troubled, but you look unto Christ. He gives you that peace. And, and again, I, I think that that's very important, Bill. I, I think uh, I've talked with a lot of People in the mental health profession, both Christians and non-Christians, and they all say that it is so important for a person's mental health to know that there's rhyme and reason, there is purpose, uh, that life has meaning. You know, these are, these philosophical ideas of nihilism mm-hmm. that we're just we're, we're just the product of uh, evolutionary, uh, you know, matter in motion. I I. F- flat-out think that the New Testament, the person of Jesus, uh, the Scriptures hold the key uh, not only to eternal life, they hold the key to us having uh, a healthy life in the here and now.
0: Amen. Let me take a little break. Ken Samples is my guest. We'll be right back. We're back with Ken Samples, philosopher and theologian from Reasons.org. Ken, you did you, you exploded the brains in the studio here between my producer and myself because you had said maybe God, God always intended, Jesus always intended to be human. And I'm, we're kind of thinking going, oh, of course, of course he always intended to be human. I mean, he didn't have Adam and Eve fall in the garden and then go, well, it looks like it's back to the drawing board.
1: Yeah and th- this of course was so exciting bill that uh that the the imago dei the image of god it lays the foundation for then the great truth of the incarnation that and and when jesus is incarnate then he tells us about the spirit and the father here's how here's how this theological system holds together and uh, you know again i think uh to be made in the image of God means humans have dignity, they have value. They have value in the womb. They have value when they're aged, uh, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their sex. Uh, whether you're rich or poor, whatever country you're from, you have dignity and value. And that is a teaching that comes out of the Judeo-Christian scriptures and nowhere else. Hmm. So obviously we
0: all want to know if a lot of Americans are denying or most are denying Jesus as God we all want to learn how we can turn back this tide what can we do to understand the the real importance of this topic Ken and and you know so we can go forward in in boldness and courage not that we need to be told that because i already have that we've been given the great commission but i think you know what i mean
1: Yeah absolutely i i, I think that we need to uh we need to focus on the identity of Jesus we need to we need to introduce our people in our churches uh, and talk about Jesus, who he was, what he did, uh, his relationship to the Father, his relationship to the Spirit. Uh, we need to take him to Matthew 16. Look, look what Jesus is saying here. He's drawing people in. Who do the people say I am? Who do you say I am? Uh, how does Jesus then relate to God the Father? Why does he say, "I and the Father, we are one how How could a mere man uh, say the things that Jesus could say I, I I think that there has always been kind of a disconnect with with doctrinal teaching, but um, again. The more I think about the Trinity, the more I think about God becoming man in Christ, the Incarnation, the more I think about His resurrection Bill, the more i I try to think through these biblical teachings, the more I feel loved by God, the more I recognize that I have been accepted by God, and the more I want to live a a holy life for him i, I don 't want to settle for temporal things in this world, I want to have eternal things, and I want to stand before God in the in the afterlife and for Him to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. Those are the things that I, I want from Him, and I can tell you, um, thinking about the Trinity, thinking about Jesus's divinity and His humanity, thinking about Christian teaching makes me excited to, to want to live uh, a life for Him
0: and i understand that is a beautiful passion and i pray that everyone who listens to this program feels the same way that that is their their desire to understand the perfect holiness of god and his perfect holy spirit and to want to worship him and know him and make him known
1: absolutely uh, uh you know the, these are these are these are wonderful promises that he gives us i mean um come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Have you ever been wearied? Have you ever been burdened? You know, a lot. Yeah, and we live at a time where people feel deeply pressed, and uh, Jesus says those very words, come to me, and I will give you rest. Um, Jesus gives living water to the woman at the well. Uh, Jesus is able to to meet the very needs that, that we have, and um I think we we need we need uh, more teaching and more reflection uh we need we need to help our uh we need to help the people in our country our our american friends uh we need to spread the gospel not just around the world. It sounds like we need a lot of gospel here and now
0: yeah when I think of jesus' on the on the cross saying it is finished. I mean, he completed what uh, the Father had asked him to do, and uh, three days later he's uh, raised from the dead, and and his work was complete, and the fact that he has offered us this gift of salvation for us to receive it, and then sit around wondering whether or not he really meant it,
1: it's probably not a very good idea. And if you think about the history of the Church, I mean, it isn't going to be too long until we'll be thinking about Christmas. We'll be thinking about... Emmanuel, God has come into the world. I mean, Jesus was born in the womb of the Virgin Mary. Uh, these are remarkable. Uh, one of my friends who knew some of the Apollo astronauts said that Neil Armstrong said to him, it's a, it's a remarkable thing for a man to walk on the moon. It's a greater thing for God to walk on the earth.
0: <laughs> That's a great, great line. Yeah, when I think of the amount of Amer- Americans that deny that Jesus is God, um, would uh, do you think Jesus uh, would be banned for hate speech today?
1: Wow, it's it, that is such an important element. I mean, um, it, it's it sounds to me like we live at a time where we will keep people from from asking the very the most important questions pressing in on these issues of, of, I mean, and Jesus did it himself, he, it's not Ken or Bill who are saying, hey, you need to find out who Jesus, is. Jesus himself is saying, who do the people say I am, and who do you say that I am? Uh, you know, America is a country that believes in free speech, uh, there's nothing more important than the freedom to speak the truth of the gospel. And uh, I pray our country will always preserve and protect that.
0: hmm. Ken, we just have a, a minute or so left uh, for those who might feel a little discouraged today and um, feel that they would love to just be prayed up. Would you just close us in prayer
1: today? Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to. Honored. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for all of these wonderful things. Uh, Father, we're thankful you've given us the two most important gifts you could give anyone. You've given us your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and you've given us our Advocate, your Holy Spirit, Lord. I I pray, Lord, especially for the people that listen to Bill's program, Lord, I pray that uh, they will not only... uh, recognize how important it is to recognize Jesus as both God and man. but Father, I pray that you will meet their needs this day in whatever way it is, uh, physically, psychologically, financially uh, and and Lord, I pray you'll give us a boldness to to let people know who your Son, our Lord really is. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Ken. Really nice to talk to you once again. Have a great rest of the evening, and I'll look forward to our next time we get to be on air together. Thanks, Bill. You bet. Ken Samples has been my guest from Reasons.org, and that wraps up our show. If you missed any of today, you can head to MyFaithRadio.com and check it out. Have a great night, everyone. Look forward to being with you tomorrow.